welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I'm Marvin Williams. And today is episode 120. We are talking about a perhaps a very famous miracle that Jesus performs when he feeds 5,000 men plus women and children. It's one that's found in all four Gospels. All four Gospels. I can barely feed like six people in my family. I actually cannot imagine imagine preparing. I haven't seen any sort of catering chart for (laughs) 5,000. That would just be crazy. All right. So here's a question. What is your favorite restaurant in all the world Or, or food you never get tired of? Okay. Interestingly, I was, um, I'm going out for lunch with friends on Friday and we had a long texting conversation this morning of where we were going to go. So the food I would never get tired of is Qdoba burrito bowls. Like I have a very, I get literally the same thing. I think I could eat it every day and I get tired of it. It was one of the suggestions I threw out this morning, but then somebody said, well, how about we go somewhere new? So then different people are on websites trying to figure out. So we are going to a place I've never been. So I don't know that this is my favorite, but I loved, I'm excited about that on Friday of going somewhere. I've never been old bag of nails. I don't know. We've never been there. I think I've heard of it, but I've never. Well, and also I was like, I just want to go to a restaurant that's called old bag of nails. I don't even know. (laughs) Right. I don't even know what I'm getting into, but it sounds fun. <laughs> um, for me, I can I can eat like Asian food like literally oh. every single day, whether it's shrimp fried rice or chicken fried rice. Um, really love Charlie Kang's. It's a kind of a um, um, Korean cuisine, and um, their mi fun is really really good. So okay. <clears throat> so I can eat Asian food pretty much all day. But my favorite restaurant. I'm going to give you a little twist. My favorite restaurant. Is any restaurant when I'm hungry. Fair. So, so, okay. So, so or I think, someone else is paying or someone else is paying <laughs> or someone else is cooking. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, this is, this is kind of, um, we're talking, we're talking about food today because this is, as you mentioned uh, at the beginning, this is probably one of the more famous uh, stories, stories or miracles of Jesus. And it involves food. It involves um, a lot. Well, it, it, it involves not a lot of food, but it involves little food feeding a lot of people. Yes. And so um, so we really would like Jesus's catering uh, expertise when we have <laughs> larger, larger uh, events. So so this is, as you mentioned, it's in all four Gospels and um, we get us we get a sneak peek into um, the life of Jesus, get a sneak peek into the life of the disciples, particularly when they are in a situation that's kind of hemmed them in. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do. They have limited resources and um, and they find themselves in a really uh, bad spot and they have to respond, um, come to Jesus for the answer. So let's dive into the, let's dive into the story. Um, so what's, what's happening here right off the bat? Yes. Yeah, so that is very important because before we even get to this big feast, um, Matthew points out, he starts off this chapter by saying that Jesus heard about it yeah. <laughs> and the it that he's talking about is the death of John the Baptist, right. which we've talked about in a previous episode. Mark points out that the disciples, which we've also talked about previously, Jesus had sent them out and they're returning after um, taking the gospel message. So Jesus is experienced, has just heard John the Baptist, who is his cousin, his biological cousin, as well as um, a good friend has passed away. He is 
experiencing grief, the disciples are just weary. Right. They have been working hard, going nonstop. And we see them take time away, at least attempt to. Attempt to. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I think that is the very first thing, even before we get to this miracle, that we can take from this, that Jesus took time to grieve. Hmm. Hmm. Um in the Emotionally Healthy Relationships class, we talk about exploring the iceberg and how um, it's important for us to acknowledge our feelings, to recognize those feelings. Some of us, me included, have a tendency to say, oh, it's okay, or it will be okay. Right. And just pressing on, pushing through, and we don't see that Jesus do that here. He pauses yeah. to grieve the loss of his cousin and his friend. He encourages the disciples, hey, you have been going and going. We need to take a break. Yeah. Yeah, that I, I love. I love that. And, and again, that's that's actually um, that's very interesting insight in terms of the grief part. I hadn't really thought about that um, until you just mentioned it. That that he's just lost his cousin, lost a friend, so he's grieving. They're weary. They're tired. And I believe um, another one of the gospels um, talks about him uh, having healed and taught. So all of this is converging mm -hmm. and Jesus is tired. He is, he is tired emotionally. I think he's tired physically. And the text says he goes to a desolate place. He goes, um, he goes away and, um, and he is experiencing and practicing silence and solitude. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we talked about in previous episodes. And, um, and I love the fact that Jesus gives us a sneak peek into his spiritual habits is I'm getting away from the crowd. Um, I'm going away. I'm grieving. I'm resting. And, uh, and he takes his disciples with him. And so, so we see him um, uh, recharging his battery before he goes back into the fray. Mm -hmm. And and we find out he goes back into the fray much sooner than he probably wanted to. And um, and so I, I think there one one passage says there was not even leisure for him to eat. Mm -hmm. um, and so so we, we're trying to paint this picture of a very, very busy Jesus, a very, very busy time. And we see him um, responding with, let me pull away um, and get some rest. But but before he can actually dive into his silence and solitude, here we are with people again. Mm -hmm. People come and they disrupt, they interrupt his silence and solitude because they want to see Jesus. They want to hear his words. They want to probably get healing. And so, um, so, so it kind of lets us know that we have to really be intentional yes. about our time away from the crowd, um, because people want what they want and they will interrupt. They don't care. And, and again, they, many, many people don't do this intentionally is that it's not like they like, ah, I don't care about you, but they're saying, no, I want what I want. And, and even though you're trying to practice your spiritual habits, sometimes people uh, kind of interrupt those habits like we see here, where they find him, interrupt his silence, interrupt his solitude. And, um, and we have uh, Jesus saying, man, I'm, I'm trying to live this way um, and, and people won't let me. But there's something else that I think we have to be uh, a lesson that we can learn here. Yeah, I do uh, think that's this. so important. Like, just to double click on that a second, it's not naturally going, you're not going to 
find silence and solitude falling in your lap. Like there will always be something. So you have to be intentional. And then also you can't wait for the ideal circumstances to find it because that's also not going to (laughs) happen. You may plan out to get up 15 minutes before the kids do or head out out from work and sit in your car for a few minutes. And there, you know, who knows what is happening, construction sound in the parking lot or the kids actually wake up. And so then instead of being by yourself, you have a kid on your lap, but that's okay. Yeah. We can't wait and just throw up our hands and give up and think, well, it's never going to happen because if we, and it won't ever happen if we're waiting for the perfect ideal 30 minutes of uninterrupted, whatever, Sometimes we just got to take what we can get. Take what you can get. And and that too is a part of that intention, like just being committed to it. This is, okay, maybe it didn't look like how I was hoping to today. I'm going to go after it again tomorrow. And God can speak in that moment. Totally. It, doesn't, it doesn't have to be 30 minutes. doesn't have to be an hour. It can be five minutes and God can speak uh, in that, in that. So we see, we see Jesus uh, after a long day of healing and teaching and grieving and working hard, he goes away, tries to find solitude and silence, and uh, the people interrupt that. But then we see another picture of Jesus. Jesus looks out over the crowd, and instead of saying, man, I was trying to be silent and trying to experience solitude, these people make me sick, it, he didn't say that. He actually looked, and and I think it's Mark that says he looked and he looked with compassion mm-hmm. as sheep without a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And I love that picture of Jesus. And Jesus, you know, listen, quite frankly, he is both grace and truth, right? He is he is the one who is firm in his teaching, but he is also compassionate, empathetic, and he has great sympathy for the people who are following him. And it's a large crowd. And they've... at. You know, I think one of the gospelers said they've been with him a while. And um, and so it's getting late. It's getting dark. But I love the fact that Jesus has compassion on the crowd. He doesn't condemn them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't berate them. He actually shows the compassion, you know, of a shepherd. And um, so I love that about him because I know I need a shepherd uh, when I stray off. I need a shepherd when I'm feeling tired and and uh, and worn out. And uh, I love the fact that Jesus, is, he shepherded them. Mm-hmm. And I think he shepherds us today as well. And I think that really, we've talked about other countercultural ideas of Jesus. The fact that we need a shepherd really is counterculture to our American independence. Yeah, And even just the idea that, oh, I'm going to believe what I'm going to believe. I'm going to follow my inner star or whatever <laughs> right, right. it may be. Um, Jesus recognized that was a need. They, These people were sheep, all of us. We need a shepherd. We are not equipped to lead ourselves, to um, provide for ourselves. We, again, I think our American mentality makes us think that, yeah, that we can yeah. get away with it for a little bit anyway, yeah, but we all yeah, know absolutely. we reach those desperate points. We know deep in our hearts, man, I am not enough in myself. And Jesus, his perspective on that is, yeah, you are sheep and I love you and I want to be your shepherd. I want to bring you together and I want you to follow me. Yeah. So, so, so we have this, this picture of, um, you know, uh, a, a tired, but now kind of compassionate, energized Jesus in a sense that he sees a crowd that's, that's, um, that's, 
that's dependent and 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 they they are in need. Mm-hmm. And so the disciples um, they they make uh, an observation. Hey, wait a minute! These people have been with us a long time. It's getting late, and we need to send them away. Send them into the town so they can buy food. And Jesus thinks that's a good idea, right? He does not. <laughs> he says, "What what do you have?" Right. He asks right. them, "What do they have?" And we can take care of this uh, right here, which I do love in Matthew. And then the, the disciples say, "Well, Jesus, we only have yeah, exactly. five loaves of bread, you know, we and two fish. We don't have nearly enough for yeah. this. That that does not fill that catering chart we've talked about <laughs> to feed five thousand plus people." Um, I love in Matthew when I was reading that, um, reading the story in that in that book, the phrase jumped out at me that Jesus says, "Bring them to me." And I thought, yeah, that's that's what Jesus asks us to do. He doesn't ask us to solve the problem ourselves or figure it out. Bring what you have. Yeah. And and that's what the disciples do. And that's what's true for us. He Jesus uses what we have. It's not the amount. It's not the, you know, amazing quality of skill that we might bring that he can. That's not what's important. What's important is the bringing. Yeah. The bring faith. them. Bring it to me. Faith is and in the I bringing. Can I love that. Love that. And um, so we we have Jesus kind of giving them an impossible, uh, an impossible task. Hey, you feed them. Um, hey, what do you have? Two fish, five loaves. And um, the text says Jesus he he looked up to heaven, he blessed it, and then he broke it, and. Um, and and then he gave it. Well, he you know he says, "Hey, have the people sit down in in, in smaller groups so they can have kind of a, a, a smaller banquet themselves." Um, and that's what the disciples do. And they go and then they distribute the um, the food, the fish, and the bread to the to the people. And you you make you make a you make a very you made a very good point as we were talking about this earlier. Is that um, that the disciples are actually involved mm-hmm. in the miracle. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, Jesus could have waved a wand and everyone was fed, but he didn't do that. Yeah. He did something totally different. Yeah. He has the disciples participate in the distribution. Yeah. So that's, what I mean, just trying to picture this story. There's so many people and they're, they're coming back, they're getting a basket, then they're taking it to this group and they're coming back and they're taking it to this group. They're involved in the distribution of it. And like you said, Jesus could have done it a hundred different ways, just automatically made them full, take the hunger away, make it all appear in, in their laps, boom. Right. But instead, the disciples get to be a part of the miracle. And I think that's so true for us too. Jesus doesn't need, God doesn't need us to do his work. And yet he invites us into it. We get to yeah. see the transformation of another person. We get to pray for someone and see how God works in their life. Like we get to participate. And we see that here with the disciples. Yeah. And I think sometimes, and and, and to kind of expand that point a little bit, is um, we pray. And I think sometimes God says, I, I think you can be the answer to your own prayers. Mm. I think we pray and we want God to fix it miraculously and immediately when he's also given us wisdom, he's given us the the resources. And he says, um, you can actually um, participate, be a part of the miracle, be a part of 
the situation that you are hoping to uh, you're hoping that it will be transformed. So I think sometimes we we get in the habit of becoming lazy Christians, expecting God to do it all. And and there are moments where God does kind of snap his finger like Thanos and and the miracle happens. But many times he says, I'm going to give you strength so mm-hmm. you can actually do what I've called you to do. And then on the backside, you'll see like, whoa, that was that was pretty amazing. I didn't have enough strength to do it. Yeah. And God, you know, empowered you. And now you see the fruit of that. And so we see the disciples participating. And again, Jesus, uh, Jesus and the disciples feed the people. And there's something very surprising. Two surprising things is that um, that the two fish, five loaves, and and you, how, how will you ever be satisfied with just two fish and five loaves? Mm-hmm. And um, and yet we see that Jesus does that. He satisfies us, mm-hmm. um, and we we have a God who says, even with a little bit. I will, I will satisfy you. So I, I love that, that part that yeah. he satisfies our hunger. Yeah. I like that in Matthew, he kind of breaks it into two phrases, which I think that repetition isn't accidental where he says, everyone ate and everyone was satisfied. Yeah. So everybody ate like this was everybody. And that's true. Everyone is invited to the Lord's table. Everyone that's for everyone to experience a relationship with God and that everyone was satisfied, as you were saying, Jesus is enough. He is a God of abundance. He's not a God of just enough or, right, right. well, almost there. No, he's a God of abundance. And we see that even in loaves and fish. Yeah. So the the other surprising thing is, is kind of near the very end, we talk about the God of abundance, the God of... Um, of, of more than, more than enough, mm-hmm. or he's a God of enough, but then he's also a God of more than enough because at the end of the story, what did the disciples do? They, 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 they did something. What they, did they do? They pick up the leftovers. They picked up leftovers. Can you imagine that? <laughs> That's that here you have two fish, five loaves feeding 5,000 besides uh, women and children. Mm-hmm. And then there are leftovers, 12 baskets of leftovers. I, again, this is, this is like, like blow your mind kind of miracle. And, um, and to your point, he's a God of more than enough. Mm. Uh, he satisfies, uh, in that moment, but then there's more than enough even left over in the process. So I love this. I love this story. Mm -hmm. Love this miracle. It, it, it lends itself to not just Jesus feeding physically, um, the people, but he prepares um, them. He prepares them with the food for something else, and that is for them to hear about him ultimately being the bread of life, the one who yeah. satisfies not only their physical needs but also their spiritual needs as well. And we'll talk more about that yeah. in a future episode. Yeah, yeah. But for this one, what can we believe about God, ourselves, and others from this? Yeah, I, I think for for um, what we can believe about about God is that God is, um, God is a God of compassion. He Mm -hmm. sees a crowd. He doesn't just leave them. He, he understands that they are, um, in pain. He understands that they have all kinds of needs. He understands that they are tired and he doesn't berate them. He doesn't condemn them. 
but he shows, Jesus shows compassion on them. And I believe just like he showed compassion on them, he's a God of compassion today. So for, for those of you who are listening, you're wondering, man, does God really care? Does God carry my pain in his heart? Um, and the answer is unequivocally, yes, he does. Just like he, just like Jesus did in this story, he looks at your situation with compassion as well. So I love mm-hmm. that we can, we can depend on God as one who is compassionate. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And also that last point we were just talking about that Jesus is enough. And he, in fact, even more than enough, um, that God is a God of abundance. We can rest in that. Um, whether that's for physical provision, energy provision, um, he, he will provide, he will give us strength equal to what each day holds. It's a paraphrase of a verse in Deuteronomy that I often pray for people when I don't know exactly how to pray, but just think, man, Lord, that you would, and I know he will give them strength equal to whatever each day holds. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he is the God of abundance. And I think for the, the other part for me is God wants me at a point of admitting my limitations, Hmm. um, that, that I don't have enough to feed the crowd as, you know, metaphorically speaking with, uh, with, uh, with the disciples, God, Jesus, we don't have enough. I, I don't, I can't do this in my own strength. I can't do it in my own power. We really do need a miracle. We really do need your perspective and your power to, to carry this out. Mm-hmm. So whether it is the, the church that we lead or the, um, um, the ministries that we lead or the, the things that we are attempting to do, it really comes down to, I don't have enough physical and emotional and mental strength to handle it myself. God, we need you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think, I think, um, you know, you mentioned at the, at the onset of the episode is that the American way is I can handle it myself. Mm-hmm. And I've been in that position more times than I can, I want to admit that God, when I, when I need you, I'll call on you mm-hmm. as opposed to starting from the very beginning is that there's no way I can handle this. Yeah. I need you like right now. Yeah. And that reminds me of what we talked about at the very start, how Jesus prioritized rest and taking space and time away. And for sure, our culture says, keep going, press yeah, on, yeah, yeah. you know, there's always more. Um, so just a reminder to myself to be intentional in that anticipating busy seasons when I know they're coming and building rest in among that or before and after it. But then also um, even just starting from a full, when we've talked about Sabbath and silence and solitude, we talked about that, that it's not go till you're dead tired and then rest. Right. right. But so you can operate from a position of rest and fullness. Um, It's a great reminder from this passage. Well, thank you, friends, for joining us. Um, Take time, read through these passages, share them with a friend, and have your own conversation over a passage of Scripture. 